Hey there, guys, and welcome back to the Travis and Damien Podcast, episode 62. We're available on anchor.fm slash Travis Damien Podcast, along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you guys have any questions you'd like to ask us, you can leave a comment in the YouTube comment section or leave a voice message at the Anchor link. Today, we're going to be talking about gaming and superhero news, such as the PS5 supply and Spider-Man No Way Home. Then we'll get into our recent activities consisting of video games and anime. Lastly, our thoughts on the Pokemon card fiasco that's been going on for the past like six months. So first piece of news is that PlayStation has partnered with Discord. Uh, so just to go and take a quote from the sort of press release that they did uh, together. Our team, we already are hard at work connecting Discord with your social and gaming experience on PlayStation Network. Our goal is to bring Discord and PlayStation experiences closer together on console and mobile starting early next year, allowing friends, groups, and communities to hang out, have fun, and communicate more easily while playing games together. So... I think if any of the three big companies were to partner with Discord, I think PlayStation was the least likely, uh, in my opinion, that like really needed it. I feel like Xbox and PlayStation, they ha- already have like party chat systems. I feel like if, you know, whoever needs it more, it's definitely Nintendo because Nintendo is really <laughs> bad at, you know, online stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, PlayStation is obviously more smart when it comes to partnering with other uh, companies and Discord is by far the most popular way to communicate with your friends, uh, especially within gaming today. Uh, you know, it's free. It's easy to use. You can make your own server and there you can have as many servers as you want. You can join as many servers as you want. Uh, you know, Discord has really uh, sort of, um, what's it called, made talking in games a lot easier because before you know with our friend group we would jump between like uh there was raid call and then yep. mumble and then team speak and like yeah, team speak. some of those you had to pay for <laughs> well, skype also, like the yes OG skype, we did yeah. use skype but skype <laughs> yeah. took too much bandwidth but like discord yeah. is like the really good medium um and you know discord partnering with playstation i think that you know it's a win for discord it's a slight win for playstation i don't feel like they really need it but who knows? They'll probably, you know, bring improvements to those that use PlayStation Online as frequently as they do. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, like you said, it probably would have been better if it was like Nintendo partying with Discord. But I don't see Nintendo doing that ever. Like, if I just gonna <laughs> stick to their weird, like, go to the mobile app and just talk on there, even though that's really dumb. Um, but I mean, I don't really like hear too much about like PlayStation, like party chat, like usually, like, oh, Xbox live chat, like everyone's always, or, I don't know, that was during the 360 days, I don't know how it is now, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, PlayStation voice chat, I never really hear too much about, so maybe this is better for PlayStation to just have like Discord as their like main thing to talk with other players and stuff. Um, I mean, it's probably not going to obsolete their party system, you know, obviously not, but it'd be cool to have Discord on there. Obviously it doesn't really apply to us because we just, you know, it's on PC and just do it like that, but, um, <laughs> For some people that are like strictly console people, uh, this is like a good thing because you know Discord is probably the best like VoIP thing currently. I can't really think of any other like like voice service that's like better than this for like you know just casual use. So um, especially during the pandemic, you know it's been it's been good. <laughs> you know you can do a lot of things on Discord, so it's it's pretty nice to see it going to be integrated with uh, PlayStation consoles. Maybe it'd be cool if they um, you know you could, like stream your gameplay directly, like how Discord you could share your screen and stuff. That would be pretty neat. Um. So yeah, I guess we're just gonna have to wait until it comes out and see like what exclusive features it might get for like PlayStation consoles. But yeah, it's all good news either way. 
Yeah, I think that uh, you know if you're a PlayStation user and you use Discord, you're probably happy to go and see this partnership. Uh, but I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are just PlayStation, you know, players and they don't know what Discord is. And then you know these changes might come in, and then they're gonna be like, "What the hell is this?" Uh, hopefully, they'll be able to integrate it well for them. Discord's already pretty easy to use, so I wouldn't see how they wouldn't be able to do that but you know when new things happen when changes happen people are very upset about it especially with uh speaking of discord you know they like revamped like their look (laughs) um which people on twitter were kind of upset about you know it's sort of like the whole minimalistic sort of like revamping of brands um which i can understand but like it doesn't look bad you know like i feel like the the new way discord looks now in terms of like their branding it's not terrible maybe a slight downgrade because it doesn't look as edgy or as gamer like or whatever but people use discord for other things these days that isn't just to play games yeah i mean i honestly think it looks fine like the only the only reason i noticed because i noticed like oh it looks a little darker than usual <laughs> and then i'm like oh they, they changed like the logo a bit and like the font for the discord like name i guess i don't mm-hmm. know i feel like people always get like way too mad about this stuff i'm like who cares <laughs> as long as it still works <laughs> fine you know um like when skype was like changing stuff you know they were like it actually just became garbage so like hopefully discord <laughs> doesn't become garbage but you know it still works just fine so i i'm i'm okay with whatever rebrands you want to do i don't really care so yeah all right, so uh, we got a lot more PlayStation news here. Uh, PlayStation has been um, forcing developers to pay royalties to have their games be cross-platform. So if you don't know what cross-platform, yeah, cross-platform <laughs> is, is when um, you know, a PlayStation user could play with like an Xbox person or a Nintendo person. Like, like is this what like you know, what Epic has been trying to push really hard, and that's kind of what you know, kind of the transition here. Because um, during the Epic Games versus Apple stuff, there's been a lot of things that have been coming about a bunch of other companies. So mm-hmm. Tim Sweeney, you know, the Epic CEO, said in certain circumstances, Epic would have to pay additional revenue to Sony if somebody were primarily playing on PlayStation but paying um, paying on uh, iPhone, then this might trigger compensation. So um, Basically, PlayStation is like the only ones really asking like for money for like cross-platform, uh, like you know, to, for other players to play cross-platform because Sony mm-hmm. kind of sucks. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we've seen this like throughout you know the past few months that Sony like, really doesn't want to play with other consoles or just anyone really. Um, it, it's not until recently we started seeing them like put like Horizon Zero Dawn on PC or they start to allow more cross-platform stuff for other consoles. Um, but it seems like it's mostly like the hand not really getting forced, but more like they want more than what the other companies are getting just because, like, Sony thinks they're, like, the the top shit right now, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> they kind of are, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, it still comes off as a little, like, annoying, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, definitely um, PlayStation are playing the card that, yeah, we are, like, the number one sort of uh, console war winner right now. I mean xboxes are still selling out like crazy as fast as playstations are but a lot more people want the ps5 uh and that's understandable because they have a lot more exclusive they have a lot more exciting games they have goddamn spider-man for god's sakes you know um so i feel like sony knows what they're playing with and them being very reluctant over the past couple of years to not be cross-platform is very telling and i'm not surprised that they were asking for some sort of revenue from epic or other publishers to have the game be cross-platform but then again you know it feels like because they're the only ones it makes them look very scummy um which is you know obviously not what you want to look like and i feel like with games like fortnite 
uh, Rocket League, Minecraft, you know, having cross-platform on these games, it helps because people play Fortnite on other platforms, you know, people are still playing, you know, Rocket League and Minecraft just as the, the same capacity as Fortnite with other friends on different platforms which like back in the day you know like when me and damien were playing on like online consoles you know oh shoot you have a ps3 i have a i have an xbox we can't really play games together but now you know kids these days they're able to play with their friends mm-hmm. across different consoles which is awesome you know like that is very very cool and uh, I wish that that was something that I had for my generation, but obviously, as gaming has evolved, this has become a much more uh, sort of uh, idea that people have come to accept, which is very nice because, you know, back then it was like, oh, you know, uh, this console doesn't play nice with this console, but now it seems like people are being more uh, nice to each other, which is good. Uh, but Sony being like, hey, we want money because, like, there's a potential, you know, uh, situation where like someone might buy you know v bucks on this platform and then play on console for this platform but then again it's like if they're playing from iphone to the ps4 which is like the example that they use it's because they want to play on their tv you know um right but then again they're like oh you know like like that's money that we could have gotten if they bought v bucks through the playstation instead of iphone but it might be easier to buy v bucks on the iphone because of like apple pay and like touch id and everything like that so you know, it just seems like that they're just that they're just nickel and diming this for like no real reason, especially since like, you know, cross platform is something that other people don't charge, you know, Nintendo and Microsoft, like they don't do anything with that. They're just like, Oh, you know, if you want cross platform, we'll allow it, sort of thing. You know, and Sony's just being like, Hey, we want money. But it, it, that's basically what it boils down to, is just like Sony just wants money. Because <laughs> you know, just <laughs> To, yeah, because to be honest, like this is all for the consumer, right? So obviously it's good for us, but for a lot of the companies, it doesn't really help them that much. Like, it helps the developer of said games, so something like Rocket League or Fortnite. So Epic, mm-hmm. well, it's probably why Epic is pushing it so much because they're probably going to make a bunch more money because the more people that can play Fortnite and have the ability to switch consoles and play with other consoles and stuff, like they're just going to get more V buck money anyway. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, but Sony doesn't really see that benefit. So like, why should we do it? Which it makes sense in like a business standpoint, but it's still like just do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they probably lose a bu- uh, like some money because um, like you said, like they probably aren't making. Because I think the way it works is if you buy microtransactions in a certain store, like that company would get some of that money. I know that's how that works for Steam. Like um, Steam takes like some of the profit made from that company if they sold it on Steam. Uh, it's why a lot of companies were going to Epic because they had a, a less like you know they took less of a cut. Um, but yeah, PlayStation was just like, or I guess Sony was like, nah, we want that money. So, <laughs> um. But hopefully this is just turning this around. Like, you know, this is obviously something good for everyone. And, you know, Sony's just being butts about it. So, yeah, you know, I feel like that they're just trying to sort of, uh, you know, recoup the cost for what they're losing when they make PS5s right now. Uh, And this is like their sort of way of doing it. Uh, But then again, like it's so like small and so fractional for them now. Like it doesn't really make sense. Um, and you know, something like this, I feel like that there might be some people that might be like, Oh, you know, I'll, I, I just won't play on PlayStation anymore. Uh, but you know, they'll likely come back because the games that they have are kind of like way too good to really pass up on. Um, but then again, you know, like some people are very stubborn and they'll be like, Hey, you know, this company did one bad thing. I'm not doing it anymore. And personally, I'm guilty of that to some, to a certain extent for some companies that I won't really say on here, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, it, 
it sort of uh, gives us reason as to why PlayStation were the last ones to accept crossplay as a you know sort of thing these days. Mm-hmm. All right. So next piece of news is another PlayStation article. So Sony warns that the short supply of the PS5 will continue into 2022. Um, and I think that they should have kept this secret, honestly. I don't think that they should have, you know, outright have said yeah. this, uh, <laughs> just because now people are going to be like, well, shit, you know, like if, you know, the scalpers are probably still going to try to try to get PS5s as much as they can when they go up online and people are going to be forced to, you know, pay the resale price of it. Uh, I feel like that this is something that didn't need to be disclosed at all, but it kind of makes sense. You know, there are still COVID restrictions and I believe these are being made overseas in japan i could be i could be ignorant here but i'm pretty sure with how the covid vaccine works uh the the uh, asian countries are not really getting it until next year which is kind of weird or something like that uh like uh, obviously all i'm saying here is like sort of things that i have heard about and i'm sort of just like speculating or whatever uh but it kind of you know is worrying for the console that people are still not going to be able to get these in their hands in stores you know see them on the shelf you know they're pretty much going to be sold online only online pickup and really it's going to be a while until you know people can you know walk into a store and just buy a ps5 but i think that that is to be expected because like we said earlier with the last news uh this is definitely the hottest console of this generation and literally everyone wants a ps5 right now yeah, probably because it feels the most next gen, and also like again, there's exclusives actually coming out for the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're you know, Return already came out, Ratchet's coming out, and Horizon is probably gonna come out this year as well. Um, so you know, it it just seems more appealing than an Xbox right now. Like, I don't know, I just feel like the Series X doesn't really have a lot. It's still selling well, don't get me wrong, because I still mm-hmm. you know you still can't find the Xbox very easily just like a PS5. But um, you know the PS5 is definitely the thing that more people are talking about when they want the like what current gen con- or I guess next gen console they want more. Um, so yeah, it kind of sucks that Sony straight up just said, yeah, there won't be any PS5s for a while. <laughs> um, and hopefully Sony takes that into account when you know they're selling exclusives, right? Because obviously these games aren't going to sell as much as if they were on PS4, obviously, because you know not as many people have a PS5, and you know those PS5 owners have to be interested in that exclusive game to like buy it, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully they can take that into account when uh, you know doing the exclusive sales and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that's really bad to hear. Uh, you know, both me and Travis are very lucky to have a ps5 right now Mm -hmm. um you know there's a lot of people that have been trying really hard to get one ever since it like first came out and we're just no luck you know scalpers obviously are a thing to blame but you know it's just covid in general like you know again like you said they're just not being able to um, produce as many consoles as they would like so uh it's just very unfortunate timing honestly um (laughs) I, i don't know if it would have been better to just delay the ps like the next gen till next year but, you know, they probably were already like, well, we got to release these games and like we already have everything already working. So you might as well just release it, um, mm-hmm. even though it's in a, like a shorter, like, uh, I guess, like development thing. But, yeah, it, it's definitely like really saddening to hear for anyone that wants a PS5 right now, especially when like big games are coming out for it. Like, again, if, if I didn't have a PS5 by the time Ratchet and Clank came out, oof, I didn't know what I would do, man. That <laughs> would have been very sad. <laughs> David would have been like, all right, on eBay? All right, which one? Which one? Yeah, which one am I buying? <laughs> I probably would, I honestly probably would have sold my soul for it. I mean, like a thousand bucks. I, yeah, I mean, shit. you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, thousand dollars. You know, I can I can pay that off eventually. You know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it it definitely like this is information that Sony did not need to disclose whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was very lucky enough to get two PS5s. I didn't sell it. I didn't or 
I didn't resell it for more than what I paid for. I literally sold it to my neighbor and he just paid me what I paid for. And the reason why I had two was because the first one I bought was from Walmart and they didn't send me an email confirmation that I got it. So I was like, well, shit, I don't know if I actually got it. So then I went to Target and they sent me a, a email confirmation. I was like, all right, I'm guaranteed at least one. I obviously paid for both. Uh, and then, you know, he just paid me for the other one. But if that didn't happen, you know, I would have asked other people around within my friend group, you know, hey, do you need a PS5? I'll sell it to you for the exact price that I paid for. I wouldn't have tried to like resell it. That obviously would have been the last option to do. But, you know, I definitely would have taken steps at first to sell this to someone that I knew first for what I paid for. Because, you know, reselling for a console, like obviously like the profit margin is fucking insane. But... You know, there are some like, I guess, ethical things that, that like I keep in mind for uh, when it comes to like reselling certain things, uh, which we'll get into more later with the uh, Pokemon card fiasco thing. Um, but yeah, it is definitely concerning that the PS5 will not have a, you know, plentiful supply anytime soon just because the demand is so goddamn high. Uh, but I'm sure Sony, you know, they probably saw this coming to a certain extent, but, you know, with whole COVID thing going on and, you know, it's sort of winding down in the States here, but I'm not sure how it's doing overseas. Um, so hopefully by, uh, you know, when we're, you know, within neck deep within this console generation, we actually have like a decent supply so people can actually go into stores and actually purchase it without having to worry about, you know, a shortage. Yeah, the only good thing is, you know, by the time these people do get a PS5, there are going to be a bunch of good games, so mm -hmm. I guess you can look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, there um, will be a slew of titles that you'll probably be able to pick and choose from, probably from every popular genre that you can think of, so. Yeah, so that's that's basically the only good news, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, again, more details from the Epic versus Apple case. Uh, Walmart had an unannounced streaming service called Project Storm. So basically, I was reading about this a little bit, and um, it basically seems like the same like every other streaming service, except it had something cool where you could actually um, like download like the games as well if you like just want to download it instead of like stream it, mm -hmm. which seems pretty nice. You know, obviously, like I think the problem with Stadia and PlayStation Now as well is that um, you know once you start streaming the game, there's a lot of input delay, or it really just depends on like if the servers are busy. You know, there's a lot of variables to account for when having a streaming service for like mm -hmm. video games. And I think that's why Game Pass is, like, just a way better service because, yeah, you paid the subscri uh, subscription, like, you know, like all these other, like, you know, uh, streaming services, but you could download the game instead, so, like, the game doesn't run like shit. Um, <laughs> so it seems like Walmart was trying to, like, have this, like, nice mix of both, which actually seems pretty neat. Um, I don't know if they actually are still doing this or not. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, they say it's unclear if it's even going to launch or not, but it does seem like a nice plan. Um you know, to have this sort of hybrid of, like, a Stadia or PlayStation Now and, like, a Game Pass sort of thing. And we're supposed to, like, sort of, like, fuse everything together. So, like, you play in, like, Origin and Steam and all this other stuff into one thing. So having just, like, a mega launcher. It, it seemed pretty ambitious uh, for what it was, especially from, like, Walmart. It's just really, <laughs> really weird. Um, but, yeah, it honestly isn't a bad idea. And I think until internet could get better, good enough or at least everyone could have access to like like 5g or beyond if you know wherever it comes after 5g you know um uh, like that's probably when 
streaming games is going to be like a reality because I, I i you know i've said this so many times before but streaming movies and stuff is a totally different beast than the game right mm-hmm. you know there's so many more things to account for when you're playing the game when you're just watching something on like netflix or something so yeah i, I feel like this technology is coming way too soon and we have to wait a few more years until it's actually like viable to use but again i think this like nice like middle ground that uh walmart was like proposing seems like a seemed like the nice way to go but again I, we don't really know if this is even gonna happen or not but yeah it, it, it seems like a pretty cool concept yeah i mean walmart i mean i was surprised when i saw this article i was like fucking walmart what the yeah, hell really um, random. <laughs> <laughs> you know a cloud gaming in general we, we've talked about it multiple times on, on this podcast but you know it is definitely ahead of its technology it is definitely a different beast when it comes to streaming a TV show or movie because you are actually controlling what's happening on screen. And when it comes to internet speeds, especially within the United States, they are not that consistent and they are not that fast compared to, let's say, Japan. You know, like in Japan, I'm sure that there's a lot of people uh, that I've heard of, you know, where like their internet speeds are like insane and it's like really cheap. But here in in America, you know, some people are stranded with one internet provider and it's goddamn garbage. Um, while, you know, within my area, I have multiple different options I'm thankful for. But still, like, they're all, like, you know, scummy in their own way and they're all, you know, still trying to, you know, get 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 their bank in while you pay for like really mediocre speeds. And I think that with COVID, a lot of people realize that like, you know, their internet's really bad. Uh, You know, like when I was in uh, classes this semester, there were some people that just straight up disconnected from the class. I was like, well, shit. And sometimes even my professors would disconnect from the class. (laughs) And, you know, I think that internet in general, until we get this like, you know, sort of middle ground where like it's acceptable to just have fast, affordable internet, which probably won't happen anytime soon because these companies are, you know, able to just, you know, uh, get as much money as they can because, you know, capitalism and all that other shit. Um, You know, cloud gaming is going to be a weird thing that's going to be in limbo for a bit. But then again, you know, what what Walmart was proposing here with Project Storm was very interesting. I think that having all of these launchers within one thing and then, you know, have it, you know, be, you know, maybe hooked up to like your TV. I think that this would have been like a great way to get people into like PC gaming, you know, sort of like see where they would want to, you know, sort of dip their toes in and things like that. But, you know. Uh, this is something that has been proposed, I think, a couple years ago. 2019 is what I see. Uh, so we have no idea if Walmart's even still working on it. Maybe they saw how Google Stadia did, and they were like, well, shit, we'll just scrap it, you know? Uh, maybe they're just waiting for the right time for it. Like, obviously, Walmart didn't comment on this because this sort of just came out during the court case. Um, but, you know, I would not be surprised if they just scrapped this thing entirely or if this comes out, you know, within the next few years because that would be probably a better time to release something like this um excuse me but yeah i think that cloud gaming in general and i think that walmart of all goddamn companies you know proposing their own cloud gaming service is very interesting yeah it kind of shows how much everyone wants a piece of the pie for like gaming you know mm-hmm. like with amazon trying to get into the gaming market and now walmart like it just shows that i mean i think recently they said like gaming is like the most like a profitable like media thing right now mm-hmm. i mean it probably helped with the pandemic because this was like the only industry that's been thriving since uh the pandemic started mm-hmm. but um you know it just shows how profitable it is and now like a lot of companies want want that piece of the pie so it makes sense that more companies have been trying to get in here so yeah it definitely makes sense all right so next piece of news is that we got six staff members uh leave google stadia to join yeah. haven <laughs> studios 
Um, so Haven Studios is a is a uh, development team uh, formerly uh, was formed excuse me, by Jade Raymond after leaving Cydia in February, and she was the producer slash executive producer for various Ubisoft titles such as Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, and the studio is currently developing a new IP for PlayStation. So that is very exciting uh, just to, you know, see that PlayStation is still, you know, trying to make, you know, new games and still not fall back under, you know, whatever old titles that they're going with, like God of War, um, Horizon, etc. But yeah, I think that more team members leaving uh, Google Stadia is obviously not a good sign. I think that, you know, the sort of business model that Google Stadia has is not good. And I think that they should, you know, probably look towards a subscription-based model where you don't buy the games for full price um, and, you know, that whole sort of thing. And I'm like, there's no real incentive for people to buy Google Stadia or even try it out when like there are other options to play these other games on on different platforms, you know? And even with exclusives, I don't think that that would really uh, draw people in because I think that it's it would be really hard to get like a studio to be like, hey, let's make your game exclusive to our platform that's cloud gaming and that's going to be really risky because, you know, this is going to be the first time and only time people are going to be, be able to play your title on this cloud gaming service that can be laggy, that can be really spotty. And, you know, if it's a popular title, there could be server issues. There could be a lot of different factors. Like you said, there's a lot of variables when it comes to cloud gaming. Um, so, yeah, I think that Google Stadia is really uh, down in down in the dumps, if you will. Yeah, Stadia has been like just a meme on. Like, I think, like, I think it was in the last podcast I was talking about. It just got like a search feature or something. Like, it's just like <laughs> it's just such a like a like a meme at this point that's not even worth like considering. And you know, like Google trying to get in here too is just like. I don't know. I, I I feel like streaming is just way too early right now. I feel like we just got way a few more years until it's actually like a thing that we could use. Um, so it makes sense. A lot of people are just leaving Stadia at this point. It seems like a dead project at this point. And mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't surprise me in the next like year or two we see like Stadia is just fully dead at this point. Um, so yeah, it's good that other developers in there were like getting out and now they're making new stuff for you know PlayStation. Like I think that's a <laughs> that seems like a nice turnaround, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, I'm curious to see what that new IP would be. Assuming from what you know, she's made, it seems like a um, like an open world game. I'm assuming because you know, Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, you know, both you know, Ubisoft is really good at making open world games. So <laughs> I'm just assuming that this is going to be an open world game. Which I don't know if we need more of those for PlayStation. You know, we have Uncharted, uh, not Uncharted, um, Ghost of Tsushima and Horizon. You know, both of those seems like you know, I don't know if we need any more. I, I mean, I don't know if they're making new. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima probably but mm-hmm. you know it kind of just depends on what's going to happen and if we actually do need more of those games but um, yeah it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens in the future here with uh, her new studio yeah I think that open world games in general they're sort of like uh, what like PC was for like MMOs like everyone wanted to make a fucking a MMO like I feel like for consoles it's like open world games and that market has definitely been saturated over the years I think that a lot of people are sort of done and over with when it comes to open world games unless it's like for a franchise or a IP that they're like really into uh, so like for example you know with Ghost of Tsushima you know like obviously like that's a new IP but I have a strong attachment to Sucker Punch production so that's why I played it also the game just looked dope it's a goddamn feudal Japan samurai game uh and you know for other games like assassin's creed you know like they took like a long break before they came back with uh uh whichever game that odyssey. they odyssey yeah odyssey, oh, no, no, odyssey, no, odyssey. Um, uh origins origins it yeah was origins. it was yeah. origins odyssey you know whatever they came yeah. back with assassin's creed uh 
you know, like that's when people started to get interested again, just because, you know, they love the Assassin's Creed franchise or like they thought that the game looked good and interesting. But then again, like open world games, like they're really fucking long, like Days Gone, like that game technically flopped in Sony's eyes. That game is like over 30, 40 hours long. And like that game had a really slow start, in my opinion, and was one of the main reasons why I sort of just dropped it. You know, a open world zombie game, very interesting, but the story and everything surrounding it just like didn't pique my interest like early enough. So I don't know. I hope that, you know, whatever new title that they're developing, hopefully it is interesting enough to sort of stick out from the rest of, you know, open world games that we have today. Yep. Yeah, because, you know, that, even the new Assassin's Creed the game will stale, so you know. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's something that's actually like you know, nice and creative and a nice breath of uh, fresh air for the genre. Mm-hmm. All right. So next up, we got our, all these superhero stuff now. So WB is planning a super uh, Superman movie featuring a black actor and a black director. Uh, it's not yet specified who's directing it, and if this will feature a black actor as Clark Kent or Zod. So we don't know if it's like you know, an alternate universe where Superman is black. Um, and I mean, I, I'm like two ways about this, right? Like, obviously, I wouldn't mind like a black Superman or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but I would like him to like be his own character. You know what I mean? I don't know if this is—I I don't know anything about Superman. First of all, I mean, I, I know base levels of it, but like, I'm not that—I'm <laughs> not like you know. I, I knew about Miles before Miles became really big. Like that's what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say. Like the good thing about Miles is he's his own character, but he's still like Spider-Man, right? Like still has the mantle of Spider-Man, but he's still his own character. It'd be kind of weird if they just make Clark Kent black because clark Kent, clark ken is already his own character it would be mm-hmm. cool to like build up another like character but he's still like superman yes but like he's like a totally different character instead i mean i feel like it's just like kind of weird to just have like oh there's a black like clark kent like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and I, that's... I don't know if that's what i mean or not but yeah. yeah 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 so like that's like a lot of people's like main concern is that like we already have a sort of uh alternate universe black superman which is val zod but then again you know like if they're trying to sell the superhero movie they want it to be clark kent but if they want to go for this you know person of color angle they would have to use val zod in my opinion and not just like you know make clark kent black because like that has been done in the past where they just like you know colorize like these other like main characters and etc and like i think disney is doing it with ariel which like is fine i think that that is okay but then again you know like i'm not black obviously and i think that you know i can't really speak for them but you know when it comes to other things like i think that if they were to make you know a black spider-man movie and they weren't to use miles morales obviously like that is like a clear like what the hell are you guys doing um so i feel like that since we already have you know dc superheroes that are black uh and you know we already have a black superman character within the comics which is valzad it would be weird if they did clark kent but he was just black especially since clark kent is such a white name uh yeah <laughs> you know not to like you know i guess like be racist or anything but like clark kent is not really you know someone like i don't think there's anyone that is like uh you know i i'm really like walking on fucking eggshells here but like you know clark isn't really a person a a guy named that you would associate with a person of color, if you will. But like, you know, if you have that name and you are a person of color, you know, there's probably some meaning behind it from your parents. Hopefully, if not, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to try to stop going on this tangent here. <laughs> um, but, you know, my main point is, is that if they just make Clark Kent black, it's not going to be good. I think that a lot of people would much rather see Valzad or even like someone like Static Shock. I think that they're yeah, already making a Static Shock movie with Michael B. Jordan being executive producer or whatever. So, 
you know, I think that, you know, them just, you know, coming out and just being like, hey, you know, we're just going to make this call this character black. Like, I don't think that that is the right move at all. You know, if you are going to do that, just make them a whole new character, just, just like what they did with Miles Morales in the comics. And obviously with Miles Morales, he has become so big within the past couple of years because of Spider-Verse and the video games. So... Yeah, just, uh, you know, Hollywood and, you know, entertainment in general. Don't be, you know, tone deaf and just make these characters black just to make them black. You know, make them a slightly different character, you know, make them, uh, you know, their own person, if you will. Yeah, because it kind of just feels like they're selling, like, you know, it's not like the brand recognition of, like, Clark Kent and not, like, you know, but it just made him, like, black. You know what I mean? Like, it just com- mm-hmm. comes off as a little weird instead of it just being you know like another character again like like i said before miles is still spider-man but he's also miles you know what i mean like he's his own mm-hmm. character still with his own personality his whole different thing he's not peter parker so uh hopefully they do that and it'll just make clark kind of black because that'll be again it's just, it's just like weird and it just comes off as like disrespectful in general both to like the character and just like to like you know the black community as well again i can't really speak for it because i'm hispanic but mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it, it just seems like a little weird like you know let that person be its own person because you know it, it you know it stands out more you know what i mean like you know, yeah like it's, it's like yeah. um what's it called i think that within the marvel comics i think uh, one of the iterations of Hulk, they made him Asian. Like, I don't know much about this iteration because, like, you know, this was when, like, uh, Marvel was sort of just, like, creating, like, a bunch of other, like, diverse characters. This is when they were pushing Miles Morales. This is when they were pushing Sam Wilson as Captain America, etc. You know, some people were upset about this because, like, you know, we want our Steve Rogers comics still. We want our Tony Stark comics, etc. Um, but, you know, pushing you know, diversity and pushing uh, people of color within mainstream media, I think is needed, but you have to do it within a way where it doesn't feel phony and it doesn't feel like you're just, you know, making this character a person of color just to make them a person of color. You know, you have to make them a whole new character. You have to make them, you know, their own origin story, their own sort of personality, make them different from the, you know, quote unquote, white counterpart, if you will, Um, which, you know, most most of the counterparts are white. Um, But, you know, if you're gonna push diversity, just do it smartly and do it within the right way. Yeah, that, that's basically what we're trying to say. You know, like <laughs> about it. You know, just do it tastefully. You know, make the own character, like like you said, like give them the own origin story. Like I think Miles is still the best example of it. But um, mm-hmm. and um, hopefully we see that with more heroes in like the future. But I think Miles is a really good stepping stone for a lot of like what could be like possibilities for these other heroes so maybe superman could do it as well but you know i don't know also i don't really care about superman that much so (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't either but you know just be respectful when you're you know pushing uh diversity within entertainment is all i'm saying that's basically it All right, so next bit of news is the Miss Marvel uh, costume leak, and I'm pretty sure wrapping is finished, or filming has wrapped up on this sort of a Disney Plus series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the costume, it looks really good. I mean, as a person that has only read the first run of the comics and has seen her within, uh, you know, she made cameos within the newest Miles Morales comic and other, you know, comics in general, uh, I mean... The costume looks good. I think that Marvel is really, you know, putting a lot of time to sort of hit these sort of comic book accurate, uh, you know, renditions of these uh, uh, costumes, especially since, you know, when we saw with Captain uh, Falcon or the uh, Captain America in the Winter Soldier, (laughs) if you will, um, you know, with his costume, it was very accurate to the comics. And, you know, some people didn't like that because they don't like 
that comic uh, sort of costume to begin with. But I think that for their first, you know, iteration of the costume, because, you know, if you goddamn watch Marvel stuff, they change the costumes every now and then um, to sort of make them look different from the from one project to the next. So like, you know, the Captain America costume from the first movie doesn't look the same as it did within the second one. It obviously looks very similar, but there's obviously slight differences, et cetera, et cetera. So for these characters, for them to, you know, have their first appearances be within these these Disney Plus series, I think it's fine for them to be super duper comic accurate. Um, and I think that this one in particular looks really, really good. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think it looks really good. Like, I'm not too familiar with Miss Marvel just yet. You know, obviously I'm waiting for her the Disney Plus show to get more context on it. But um, for what I've seen, because she was in uh, the Avengers game, right? She was like the, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So Which it, it uh, might, like... not, might not have been the first, you know, introduction for people to see this character in, especially yeah. since that game didn't do so well, but go on. Yeah, so obviously, you know, but, but probably a bad example. But I think just from her outfit, it looks basically what I expected it to look like. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks good. You know, I think like, you know, I, I like it when the Marvel stuff does like the more super comic book look for the heroes you know usually they do that and then they like move away from it to go for a more serious look you know i think captain america you know his original costume looked very much like his like uh, comic book self and then by end game he's just like you know he's just steve rogers like just running mm-hmm. around you know what i mean so um it's good to see them when they're like in their like super classic outfit and um you know i you know i doubt i mean i you know i'm it's gonna change when she's in more stuff but it, it's a good costume you know i i, I don't really know <laughs> what else to say besides <laughs> Yeah, it looks good, and I'm very excited to see like her like actual backstory and stuff, and see how she fits into MCU and stuff. Because I always love seeing new heroes, you know, come up. You know, I think the MCU has proven that it could like take all these more obscure heroes and make them into like really big deals. I mean, even like Thor, like I didn't care about Thor before like he became like you know a huge part of the MCU. Like even Captain mm-hmm. America, like, I always thought Captain America was lame as a kid, and now I'm like he was one of my favorite characters in the MCU. So um. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what to do with her and, you know, how uh, how she fits in. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I'm hoping for a coming of age story, you know, uh, vibes oh, yeah, for yeah. this show because, you know, she is a teenager within high school and I know what happens within the comics. So I hope that they pull elements from there to sort of, you know, bring her story up to see how she becomes Miss Marvel because... Uh, the reason why she has that name is because, you know, she looked up to, obviously, Carol Danvers. Uh, so, you know, and she's going to be in within uh, the uh, second uh, Captain Marvel movie, which I believe is Miss Marvels or something like that. I forget exactly the name that they revealed within that little, you know, th- reel that they did uh, yeah. earlier last week or whatever. But, you know, I'm very excited to go and see how the show pans out. All right, so next we got more <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home news, as in, like, all right, it's it just, like, at this point, it's just, like, a, it's just, like, please. So Andrew Garfield <laughs> uh, said, did, like, a little statement here in his involvement in the new movie, and he basically said he declined his involvement, and he hasn't gotten the call yet. Um, yeah, so, so, like, um, the context yeah. of this situation <laughs> is that, uh, he was on like a podcast and like the guy was sort of like trying to like tiptoe around it and then like he brought it up and then Garfield like cut him off and he was like dude it's so funny to him that like you know if if anything Spider-Man happens because he has a Twitter account I'm, I'm assuming he's like you know sort of like one of those like no-name people that just like goes on Twitter or whatever yeah um, but you know he just finds it hilarious that like he you know sees Spider-Man trending over like the smallest little thing and like you know he like he has no idea what's going on within the movie because he's not involved in it apparently you know and i think that 
um you know him trying to sort of push this angle that you know he's not part of it guys he swears he's not he's not part of it you know i'm sure that there's a lot of people uh including maybe me and yourself that are like maybe he's bullshitting honestly um but you know I know that he loves Spider-Man as a character, and I know that, you know, when he took on the role for his movies, you know, he was very passionate about those projects. Um, so if he were to return in any way, uh, that would be great. But, you know, he's he's pretty much just being like, you know, he, he sort of made the uh, comparison with like the, uh, you know, him being like the werewolf or whatever. He's like, guys, I'm not the fucking werewolf, I swear, you know, <laughs> and, you know, people are saying that he is, but maybe he will be, you know, who the fuck knows? Because at this point... Um, if it's Spider-Verse or not, I really don't care. I just want to know what's actually happening in this movie. I'm going to be honest. Like, if it's Spider-Verse, cool. If it's not Spider-Verse, then whatever, you know? Yeah, at this point, I just want to know what's happening. Like, the, getting the trailer for this freaking movie is going to be so cathartic because I'm just going to be like, all right, finally we know what's happening. Or maybe it won't. <laughs> maybe we have to wait until the movie actually comes out to see, like, oh, here's Andrew Garfield and, like, Tobey Maguire. Like, I just want to know what's happening because I feel like every week is, like, a new thing about this movie. And, like, I guess because there's just so many actors, obviously, that would be involved. Like, you can just ask them things. And obviously, they're going to say no regardless. Or you could just be like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Except for I the Doc Ock actor. That guy yeah, just Doc didn't Ock care. Just like, yeah, I, I'm in it. <laughs> like, I, you can't even say that. But, yeah, it's... um. Yeah, it's been it's been a mess. This this movie has definitely been like I just want to see the trailer. I just want to see what's going on because it's either gonna be the most hype thing ever, or it's gonna just be like you know just a Spider-Man movie. So, yeah, I'm I'm just very curious to see what's gonna be happening now. <laughs> yeah, either way, like Marvel and Sony both know that this movie's gonna make a shit ton of money. So, um, you know, if they were to play into that sort of Spider-Verse angle, it would probably make a hell of a lot more money. Uh, depending on where we are by December this year uh, with the whole COVID thing, especially within America, because I feel like that that's where most of the ticket sales go, you know, for revenue, especially. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that at some point this year, we're going to get a goddamn trailer and we're going to know what's happening. And at that point, you know, it'll all sort of, you know, be fully realized what's happening within this movie, hopefully. Or they could just, you know, throw us a bunch of random clips and we still don't know what the hell is happening. But Either way, you know, I think that seeing this opening night is definitely going to be on a lot of people's agendas just to make sure that, you know, they don't get spoiled for it. Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be just like, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's it's, gonna be it's, it's 100% going to be chaos. So if, yeah, if it hasn't been chaotic enough as is, but uh, we'll move on from there. We got the Venom 2 trailer, uh, Let There Be Carnage. This is something mm-hmm. that I did not expect to drop, um, but we got a new Venom movie coming out and we got a new trailer for it and as a person that has watched the first movie and was very much like what the hell is this movie this shit is so goofy and funny um i wish it was rated r so i could see blood happening but you know they kept it pg-13 to get more ticket sales which it did work especially within uh the uh west or whatever no no the east or so east yeah yeah within the east i i believe uh asia really like loved this movie because i guess they just like venom um but yeah i mean it just has the same vibes with the whole goofy thing with them sort of like playing off of each other um but it seems like this one's gonna play more of a uh, journalistic angle with um uh, how carnage is gonna play out which uh you know finally seeing carnage in a movie i think is interesting because i feel like most spider-man fans still don't know who he is 
Um, but, you know, they probably seen him, you know, like, oh, that's just the Red Venom guy. But, you know, maybe this movie will, you know, this movie will likely give a lot of people's first introduction to Carnage as a character properly. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see how this movie's gonna do because the first one you know despite me watching it i was like man this shit's so goofy and dumb you know i slightly enjoyed it but at the same time i walked out of that theater like man what the fuck did i just watch <laughs> i just want like venom to be in the mcu like i kind of hate that the first movie did well because now sony's like oh we can just make more of these we don't need we don't need marvel um it's like the only time i want like a monopoly right like i'm just like just get just get venom please like the symbiotes is such a like a major thing in like so many of the mcu stuff so not having venom is like just like weird and like like i don't know i feel like venom always gets snubbed like he's such a major villain for spider-man and like he's never been in like a good movie yet <laughs> you know like he was mm-hmm. at the end of spider-man 3 like at the very end and then he got venom you know this venom i'm like all right <laughs> and um i mean seeing carnage is cool like in live action but like i also wanted him in a good movie <laughs> um yeah and it looks like the fights are also going to be like in the dark it's going to be raining you know what i mean like you're not going to be able to see a lot of stuff because you know they probably want to hide some of the cg i'm just like all right um you know i haven't watched venom one i probably won't watch this one either probably um and i don't know i when i see it i just get sad because i'm like man I wish Venom was in the MCU. I wish Carnage was in the MCU. <laughs> that would have been so sick. I, I, I've always loved Venom and Carnage, like, ever since I was a kid. And, like, having them here now, I'm just, like, it, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> like, they could have been fighting Spider-Man. It could have been cool. But we got this instead, so whatever. I guess we're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, and I think the director straight up came out and was like, yeah, like, this movie's, like, in its own bubble. Like, there's no Spider-Man. There's no, no- There's no nothing like that. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. I think that, uh, you know, Venom, you know, sort of having that attachment to Spider-Man, I feel like some people are just watching these movies to see if that will happen. Um, but who knows, you know, there's, you know, uh, business deals happening probably behind the scenes that we don't know about. And maybe Venom will, uh, or Tom Brady's, you know, Venom and all of this other stuff may mesh in with the, you know, Spider-Man MCU stuff, but who knows because you know there's there's definitely a lot going on here um but with you know this trailer like i said it it has like very similar vibes where it's goofy it's funny uh but at the same time it's not that good either um but yeah hopefully hopefully it's able to at least you know be a good time because i definitely enjoyed myself when i was watching it but i was like man what the hell is going on honestly but yeah yeah it's um it i just wish it was better (laughs) i just wish it was better (laughs) All right, so let's get into recent activities. So once again, I got a big-ass list, so I'm going to let Damien go first and talk about his things real quick. So what have you been doing, good sir? So I I finished both Nier and Returnal. Um, A lot quicker than I thought because, you know, like school was over, so I was able to, like, binge them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I'm going to talk about Returnal first. So Returnal, apparently I'm cracked, right? Because I beat this (laughs) game. Technically, I I didn't technically beat this game yet. There's some post-game stuff you could do after you beat the game, and I haven't done that yet. But for the most part, I have finished the game. Uh, I beat Act 2, which is where a lot of reviewers stop so they could review the game. So I'm like, okay, this is good enough to, like, I have a good impression of the game or every. So uh, just to give you some reference, uh, some reviewers, you know, got up to Act 2, the end of Act 2, which is basically, like, the final boss and stuff. And 30 hours, like, a lot of people were saying 30 hours, game's pretty hard, but, yeah, that's about how long it took them. For me, it took me 16 hours. So it took about half the time to get oh up to God. that point. So, And apparently it's not just, like, apparently it's, like, just me, because I've been, like, 
on Twitter or like on the subreddit and stuff. And like people are like, dude, I can't get past the first boss. I have like 12 hours. I have, I'm on the first boss. I'm like, all right, these people either suck or I'm just, I'm, I'm like good at this video game apparently. <laughs> um, not to flex anything, but I do feel pretty proud about myself. But um, yeah, basically the game, like I said before, it's basically like um, Enter the Gungeon or Risk of Rain uh, with a triple A budget. So uh, it's, it's like Enter the Gungeon because it's a bullet hell. You know, there's a bunch of... Well, not a bunch of weapons, but there's some weapons with different perks and stuff that give you some crazy, like, abilities and stuff. Um, and it's like Risk of Rain because it's a third-person shooter, but it's a lot more um, mobile and stuff, like, kind of where the Enter the Gungeon influence happens, where, you know, there's bullets happening everywhere. You have a dodge roll with iframes, and, yeah, you just kind of go and shoot. Um, you go room to room, you get items and stuff. Basically plays like how you would expect a normal roguelike to play, but just with a really fancy coat of paint. And it works really well. You know, like the gunplay isn't anything to write home about because you're mostly just like you're focusing on the dodging and, and the shooting. Like the, the aiming isn't as big of a deal since there's a lot of auto aim anyway. Because um, again, the main skill of the game is dodging the bullets and learning patterns and stuff as you would expect from a bullet hell like this. But um, yeah, I think the game has enough variation in its runs to make it pretty fun. I, I wish it was a bit more variation since I, I think i mentioned this also before where a lot of the the stuff and the items you get in this game kind of just feel like just stuff you put on yourself like oh you do more damage or oh enemies explode when you kill them there's no like cohesion in anything like in isaac uh if you get like a bomb upgrade right uh the game will actually make it so you get more bomb upgrades so things synergize better um and that's just a thing missing in this game as well it's just synergies like there's nothing that really synergizes with each other things kind of just go on you like you, should, you get stronger as the run goes on and you collect more stuff but nothing feels like that special like in gungeon if you collect a certain gun and another item they could fuse to make an entirely different weapon or or item nothing really happens like that in this game and it's not like um Riska rain either where you get like a shit ton of items and be like this crazy ball of like destruction you're limited to i think only 16 passives i think yeah like 16 passives and five parasites and parasites basically give you a good passive effects but give you some downgrades as well uh usually the downgrades aren't like that bad so you usually always want to pick up a parasite anyway um but yeah that, that, i think that's my major issue with this game as a roguelite in general is that um the items don't really like feel great with each other they kind of just feel like okay i'm getting stronger but like that's about it and it doesn't make it that exciting to like keep playing the game over and over again um the gameplay itself though it's like probably the best out of any roguelike i've played which i, I would expect because it has such a big budget so like again just dodging and shooting things just feels really good so i think that's really the main motivator to like just keep playing the game again because it's just fun <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I really do love it a lot um the other big issue with the game which is what everyone's really complaining about is the no save and quit feature so most roguelites you could just save and quit anytime you want like isaac you could save and quit after you clear a room and you'll be right in that room again uh gungeon you will go to the new floor and you have an option to save and quit right there so you could do the whole floor you know when you're ready to do it uh but most most roguelites have the the thing like isaac where you could just save and quit and just put you back in the room you were just in um returnal does not have that returnal you have to beat literally the whole run in one go which is a lot since the runs in this game are very long, especially if you actually want to, like, win. Because <laughs> the way you want to win is, like, basically complete all the floors. Like, you could skip floors uh, to just go to, like, wherever boss you need to fight. But, you know, that's not really recommended because you actually have to get, like, items to get strong. Um, so, yeah, you could do that, and the run will be shorter, but you probably are going to die. The best way to actually win the game is to, like, 
you know, get upgrades and stuff, like, you know, like how you would in any roguelite. Uh, but the problem with that is, like, each floor, usually there's, like, three floors. There's, like, two sets of three, uh, like, floors. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, like, the Act 1 stuff and then the Act 2 stuff, so they're, like, separated. So it's not, so it's not like, a gigantic run, right? Like, like I think each run is, like, a minimum of, like, two hours if you're really, like, rushing it. But that's the problem is, like, runs are, like, two hours. That's really long for a roguelite. <laughs> usually roguelites are about um, maybe 40 to an hour. Like, you know, that's usually how long a roguelite run will take me in any other game. In this game, it takes, like, a good two hours, two hours and a half. And, you know, a lot of people just can't do that. That's a lot of time commitment for one, like, run. And the fact that you can't just save and quit, mostly when the game was crashing a lot for a lot of people when the game first came out was really frustrating because the game would just have no auto saving or no save and quit. So you would lose that whole run. So obviously that's like, that was a big issue. I think they really ironed out a lot of the the crashes and stuff. So it doesn't do that as often. And they actually are looking for ways to make a save and quit work. But I don't know why it's taking them so long. I'm like, just make it save and quit after every biome, like, which is like a floor. Like it's not that hard of a, of a feature to implement, but, um, yeah, I, that that's the two major criticisms of this game. But I, I still think the game is definitely worth 70 if you like this genre. Like, if you like roguelites and you know what you're getting into, I definitely think it's worth it. I think a lot of people kind of got, like, bamboozled into thinking, oh, this is just like a third-person Metrovania game, which is not. You know, there's a lot of people <laughs> saying, oh, why am I dying? I need to restart the whole game. That's stupid. You know, obviously there's a lot of people that just are not too familiar with the genre. And I can't really blame them because the genre has really only been in indie games. This is the first time it's really been in a triple A sort of like spotlight. So having like people first introduced to the genre, mostly when this game is pretty hard for like a normal person. Like obviously I'm I you know I'm I'm pretty cracked at this stuff because I <laughs> I played a lot of these type of games. So I I'm pretty used to it. So it's pretty easy for me. But for a lot of people this might be the first time they're ever playing a roguelite or just a bullet hell in general. So Spending seventy dollars on a genre you don't even know you like is it's it's pretty bad. I think this game would have benefited from like at least a demo so people could like dip their toes into this genre or um play a different roguelike. I honestly recommend playing Hades. Uh, as a that's a really good beginner friendly roguelite and if you like the gameplay of that game i'll say give return a shot like because i think you will sort of get the gist of what a roguelite is in a more uh, affordable like game and a more easier game because i do think hades is one of the easier roguelites i've played and you know it's really good as well um so yeah if you're not too sure about the roguelite genre i definitely recommend getting like a cheaper one and then diving into this one but yeah for the most part i think the game is fantastic you know i think the game looks great it feels great the bosses are like amazing like they're just big spectacles a bunch of bullets everywhere not too hard at least for me but they were really fun they were probably some of the best parts of the game and um i'm excited to do more runs and do like that sort of secret ending at the end but yeah uh, i definitely think it's a great first you know well, it wasn't the first PS5 exclusive. That was Demon Souls, but it's a, it was a good like sort of new IP and like a new. Uh, I guess it is the first original PS5 game. So yeah, I give it that credit. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> if you like the genre, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I definitely am. Um, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, just real quick. I definitely heard. Uh, I think Donkey he like tweeted like he put like his PS5 on rest mode and then the game updated and then he yep. lost his run and I was like that's <laughs> fucked. Uh, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that that's definitely an issue because the developers literally said hey, uh, like, the game doesn't save and quit. Put it in rest mode. It'll be fine. You'll save the run. And then whenever the PS5 updates the game, it deletes your your, your run. <laughs> so, obviously, you can see a major flaw there. And, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the developers finally get it. It's like, okay, 
Well, add a save and quit. We'll do it. So they're working on it. So I say until that feature is added, then I think the game is basically like a nine out of ten. I, I really enjoy it, and even though I was able to beat it pretty short, <laughs> you know, because um, again, I, I guess I'm good. Uh, I, I still think it's worth. It. I think for most people, it's going to take about thirty hours to beat the whole game. So and I think that's good enough uh, length for it. Um, but yeah, the next thing I played is Near Replicant. I uh, finished that as well. Um, and I have to say, I think I like this game more than Automata. Not from a gameplay level. I think it's a lot weaker than Automata in terms of like actual gameplay. But in terms of story, I think it's a lot better. Uh, Automata had a lot more philosophical things. It did a lot of JRPG uh, convolutedness, where it's like, you know, it's not really based too much on the characters. I obviously it still is uh, for Automata. Um, you know, there's like. You know, it's still things with 2B and 9S and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, it's more meant on, like, the overall themes of the game. And it could kind of go over your head and you kind of miss some things. That like That's how I felt when I played Automata. Near Replicant is a lot more on characters on, on and, like, on their struggles. It makes the game... The, the story structure is really simple. Like, like your sister gets sick, like, go help her. And that's basically the whole story. <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot, like subtext and stuff going on there's a lot of deeper lore uh, it connects to like yoko Taro's, who's like the main producer of this game's other games and stuff but it really isn't important it's kind of why i like this game more than automata because it really focuses just on these characters of this game and just builds them up and makes them just like probably some of the best party members i had in a while like i really enjoyed all the characters in this game and i think that's not something i could really say about automata as much because the game is really focused on just a few characters this game you know it also focuses on a few characters as well but it's also like just the world in general in automata the world's probably like kind of like just full of robots and stuff this one has a lot more people in it so you just end up caring about a lot more characters in general um so yeah that i i could say i i, I mean that's kind of just how i am with most rpgs in general like i think having a good central plot actually this is for anything in, in general having a good central plot is great you know you want an interesting story an interesting world obviously that's all very important but if you don't have characters you care about it kind of just goes on the wayside right like you kind of just don't mm -hmm. really care what's going to happen like what's the point of investing in the story if you don't care about the characters or if you actively hate characters you know it's just like <laughs> kind of seems counterintuitive so um this game does a great job making you care about each character you know a lot of characters have a lot of struggles they go through you know the game obviously isn't very happy it's a very like suffer game you know like make you feel bad um which apparently i really like in general you know i love re-zero attack on titan i just like sad things apparently <laughs> i don't know why it just, it just seems like something i gravitate towards uh I, I guess i just like the drama but yeah this game definitely has those same notes that like like those animes hit for me um and i like it and, uh, overall it kind of ends on like a happy note because they added a new ending uh, exclusively for this remaster and uh, it was really really good i you know the original ending is all you know and kind of bittersweet this one actually has a, a really nice ending to it which i really enjoyed a lot um but yeah in terms of actual gameplay it, it's all right <laughs> i mean you kind of just hit things you know it's a, a standard action rpg um I know people always dog on turn-based rpgs but i honestly think they're better than action rpgs um if if done poorly i think uh, a, a mediocre turn-based like game will always be better than any action rpg unless you make it like super like in-depth and stuff this one's very much like you just hit things you use some magic and you level up and it's all right um you know automata had the had the 
it had platinum making it so obviously the combat was just going to be better in general this one is still taking like that 2010 game it is and just sprucing up the combat just a bit and it did a good job but for the most of it still feels just okay and like the gameplay wasn't really my favorite part of the game uh luckily you don't really fight a lot of things till like the later half of the game like the first half of the game is very much like just building the world and just a lot of story like just like some parts where the game is just like just read like a thing for like an hour and i was like okay i'm okay with this like <laughs> since that's my favorite part of the game is like the actual like lord story and characters and stuff so um but yeah uh if you really like near automata i definitely recommend replicant and even if if you want something that's more like dark with a nice like character focus and things like that with some weird shit going on then i also recommend the game it's it's honestly one of my favorite jrpgs in a bit and uh it's definitely gonna be a game i remember for a while i really enjoyed it and i can't wait to see whatever if they ever do make another near uh in the future you know i'll definitely buy it because this was fantastic even though it was a prequel but you know whatever it's still really good all yeah, right, so uh, we got my big ass list. I will try my best to uh, skim through some of these. So first up, New Pokemon Snap. I played like two to three hours of it, mm-hmm. um, and this is like the only game I've been really playing, other than like Team Fight Tactics, which like has kind of taken over my life because it is kind of fun. Uh, but we did f- because we've been playing it so much as like our group. Uh, we did kind of figure out what the meta is, and it's kind of trash. Um, but anyways, new Pokemon Snap. Uh, it's pretty much what you would expect from a new Pokemon Snap game. Uh, you're just taking pictures of Pokemon. Uh, there's a lot of tutorials in the beginning, uh, which was kind of annoying uh, for, for me at first. But I was like, hey, you know, like they just want to uh, make sure that people know what they're doing and how, uh, you know, to play Pokemon Snap. Uh, so it is very interesting to, you know, jump back into it and sort of, you know, take these pictures, sort of get like the, uh, you know, really good pictures, you know, get like those three gold stars or whatever. But um, I want to do a review on it. I'm not sure if I'm still going to do that because, uh, you know, it is like a nine hour game. and I play like two to three hours of it. So maybe I could, you know, bang it out on like this upcoming Monday or something. But, you know, new Pokemon Snap. I think that if you know what you're getting into, you know, it's Pokemon Snap. You're just taking pictures of Pokemon. It'll be a fun time uh yasuke this is the anime that i talked about last time where i said it was really really good with like the first two episodes uh by the end of the six episode run uh, i can't really say that it is kind of uh (laughs) meh it's kind of mid unfortunately um i think that a lot of it really boils down to things just happening because things just happening there's not a lot of like explanation as to why things happen um and that kind of sucks and you know the fight scenes the animation like it all looks good um i really do like when you know yasuke is like you know literally killing people like that shit is so much fun to watch um and sort of his backstory and his story was very interesting to see but i think that the main storyline of him trying to you know bring this girl to like this temple or whatever to sort of get her trained um or sort of like heal her uh was yeah you know it was kind of whatever um and i think that by the end of it it kind of just went like really like crazy anime shit where like it it was just like what the fuck is going on at this point um but (laughs) yeah i think that you know if you're interested in it check it out it's only six episodes it's on netflix you probably already have a netflix subscription but you know if you're not interested in it you could skip it it's fine uh toradora this is a anime series that i uh have been told is like a really good sort of like romance uh comedy uh so you know i gave it a shot when i was still in school and now that i'm out of school finally finished it uh and it is really really good um i think that sort of i could see why people don't like it um because like at a certain point like it like in the middle of the show like there's 25 episodes so like there's like going to be some parts where it feels like what the hell's going on like i don't really see where this sort of 
puts it into the plot uh you know like there's like multiple side stories going on like there's a lot of characters within the show uh but by the end of it you know as like a comedy drama romance slice of life sort of thing uh by the end of it i was kind of happy with it honestly um i didn't expect myself to really like fall in love with it just because i've watched so many of these fucking animes at this point you know like for this one for people to be like this is like the best one ever i I was sort of like keeping my expectations sort of you know uh realistic and you know it's good. I think that if you're trying to get into the genre, uh, you can start out with this one, but it is 25 episodes, which might be kind of long for some people. Um, but yeah, it is good. Uh, just not something that I really fell fell in love with uh, because, you know, the main character is a tsundere and she was just doing tsundere things. And I was just like, oh, yeah, you know. And I honestly didn't laugh as much as I thought I would during the show. The drama aspect of this show was something that I really, really liked. But, you know, the comedy stuff, it was sort of played out at a certain point, in my opinion. But I'll move on. Uh, Death Note. Okay, so Death Note. Uh, this is a show that I have been told to watch so many times, especially by uh, my neighbor that I gave the P- or not gave the PS5 to, but you know I sold <laughs> yeah. the PS5 to him. Uh, you know he's a huge Death Note fan, and you know I was like, all right, fine, I'll finally watch it. Uh, I'm like eight episodes deep, uh, and it is like very good. Uh, I could see why a lot of people like it. I could see why it is definitely the most popular. Uh, or top three on any list uh, in terms of anime, why people love it so much. And yeah, it, it is really good. Uh, there are, I believe, 37 episodes. So I am definitely, you know, I still got like 30 more to go, unfortunately. But I feel like by the end of it, I will really like it. But yeah, so far, like so I good. Said, like I said, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. <more. laughs> yeah, you know, unfortunately, there's more, you know. I uh, just got to, you know, put the time in or whatever because, you know, I'm, I'm like, so used to watching, like, 12-episode anime where it's, like, just one and done, uh, you know. So watching something that is sort of a bit longer uh, is, is, is a task in and of itself. Uh, but, yeah, I'm very, very much liking it so far, and I'm wondering how it's going to go because, you know, th- like, these characters are, like, fucking insanely smart. That's all I'll really say about it because, cracked, yeah. yeah, they are insanely cracked. Um, just because, you know, I came into this anime not really knowing much other than, like, oh, you know, Death Note, you fucking write your name in it or write someone's name in it, and then <laughs> they die. Yeah, 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 don't write your name in it, you, you know, but, you know, you just write someone's name in it, and then they die. That's, like, the most that I knew about Death Note. So, yeah, but now watching now watching it it is very good uh i started anahana because uh you know this is the anime that i believe giga cried to or some shit so i was like oh, oh shit God. you know uh this is a drama romance slice of life uh and it has like supernatural elements to it as well uh so i was like ah, right, you know like this is definitely like up my alley like 100 you know fucking romance slice of life i'm in um and i'm four episodes deep so far so good supposedly it only gets better after episode one because you know on trash taste they were like episode one's like the worst one and i was like what the fuck like this shit was you know it wasn't that bad but you know it wasn't like amazing either because i i I knew that like this is only going to get better as it goes on but pretty much the story of anahana is about uh this like group of kids that like you know they used to hang out all of the time during childhood and then something happened and then they sort of like grew apart so now they're like in high school so like they're trying to sort of like reconnect and sort of uh you know find that sort of friendship that they had once again and sort of see where they are now and you know it just shows that like something that can happen within childhood could really fuck up someone like mentally physically you know emotionally etc uh so it's really interesting to go and see how all of these characters sort of handle that um but yeah anahana 
so far so good uh there's only 11 episodes so i, I will 100 finish it by the time we get to uh two weeks from now uh and then the seasonal anime stuff i'm gonna quickly breeze through it my hero still my hero tokyo revengers i actually catched up on because our friend jeffrey said that it was getting good and i was like hey you know like it is getting better i i'm not gonna say that i'm like super duper into it uh but uh it does take place within like a mostly middle school setting just because they like uh go back in time and all of this other stuff uh that happens within you know fucking anime um but yeah tokyo revengers it is uh a seasonal anime that i am currently you know I'm all right with um, uh, the genres that it is in. Uh, it's uh, action, drama, romance, supernatural. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely mixing a lot of things together. But, yeah, I mean, it's all right. I'm not going to say that it's bad or anything, but, you know, it, it's whatever to me. Uh, don't toy with Miss Nagaturo. Uh, I guess I'll also talk about the manga here, too, because I recently got uh, volumes like one through six. I believe I read uh, up to volume uh three which i read these before i go to bed because they're like very easy and like very fast reads that i can you know just read it and then just go to bed just fucking knock out afterwards uh but (laughs) nagatero is you know another bully slash teasing manga uh and i am really liking it i i think after reading the manga and you know watching the couple of episodes of the anime that i've seen so far uh i really do much sort of like understand it more now uh it's pretty much like teasing master tagaki-san but in a high school setting and the fucking girl's like really brutal where she calls him a virgin and like a creep and a pervert etc oh etc <laughs> but like there's like a clear like dynamic where like she kind of likes him and he kind of likes her and they're sort of like tiptoeing around that which like makes it cute when i'm like reading the manga and i'm like oh you know like they actually do care about each other but uh when it comes to like the anime versus the manga like uh just like with Tagaki-san or maybe not just like Tagaki-san like this one very much like jumps between like various chapters and like it doesn't really uh sort of stick to like uh the sort of um going like from chapter to chapter it really it really does jump between like different storylines for the anime so like for example like episode like two for example it'll take something from like volume three and then like they'll jump back to like volume two within the manga if like that makes sense so like as I'm reading the manga, I'm, like, seeing, like, these new stories, but I'm also seeing some ones that I've already seen animated, uh, which is fun and all, and, you know, I've, I am liking it. I, I'm, I'm a Nagaturo fan, if you will. Uh, and then the last one, uh, you know, I shaved and I took in uh, high school right away, you know, like, these fucking light novel titles are insane. <laughs> um, but... I mean, it's getting really wholesome. I don't know what the fuck is, like, going on here. But uh, also, the latest episode was, was kind of monka. Episode 6 was kind of monka. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to spoil it. But I was just like, yo, what the fuck's going on? Like, this shit got, like, really serious, like, really fast. Um, but, you know, there's only 13 episodes. So we're uh, almost at the... Or we are at the halfway point, technically. Um, but, yeah, it is it is very good. Like, I know a lot of people are kind of turned off by, like, these really weird and really fucking sketchy, like, titles to, like, jump into anime. But it's just the fucking title like once you start watching it you'll start you sort of understand what's going on here because when he takes her in like he he's not trying to fuck her or anything like he's just trying to make sure that like no one else sort of takes advantage of her because he noticed that like the way she is and you know things like that so you know it's only six episodes you could probably catch up on it within like a couple days if you really put the time in but yeah uh, and then the manga, I will quickly breeze through these because I can't really talk about most of these because of spoilers. Uh, the My Hero main manga is 
actually getting very, very good. I'm very, very much enjoying it. Demon Slayer manga, uh, 21 out of 23, so I'm very much nearing the end whenever they release those in English. Uh, volume 21 was very, very good. That's all I'll really say. Uh, My Hero Vigilantes, uh, I believe it was Volume 9, which uh, dives into more of e- Eraserhead's backstory, but it also starts a arc with uh, Popstar, which has been a... She's been a prominent character since, like, the beginning of the series, and I am... I very much like the uh, arc in terms of where it's going, so I cannot wait to see what happens within Volume 10 uh, whenever that comes out within America, I believe next month. Uh, Eden Zero, uh, I talked about this last time. It's from the creator of Fairy Tale, and they sort of uh, took the character designs from Fairy Tale and sort of rehashed most of them and just made them new characters except for happy which is the fucking cat uh but this one takes place in space and it's uh it's it's a goddamn shonen you know there's action uh there's funny moments uh there's a lot of fan service i was like bro why the fuck is like rebecca like half naked here like i don't fucking need to see this why is there yeah oh my god you know like there's definitely like certain panels within the manga that i'm just reading that i'm just like she didn't have to be like fucking half naked here or (laughs) whatever the fuck's happening you know there there didn't have to be tentacles or whatever the fuck you know (laughs) Uh, yeah like shit happens and i'm like why why i don't need this fan service bro um but it is what it is you know i did watch all the fucking season one of fire force so you know fan service it is what it is i know that fairy tale also had a lot of fan service so maybe this is just maybe this is just how he fucking likes to uh you know make his manga but uh hell's paradise uh i bought volume one a while ago so i finally decided to read up on it it's very edgy it's very fucking you know like uh so pretty much the story is about this guy uh who he's like a ninja but like or like a assassin if you will um and he's like like people try to kill him but like he can't die like he he wants to die but he can't die so like and then like there's like this thing that happens you know i obviously like don't want to really like spoil it too much and i'm kind of bad at talking about manga so um but it is very much like darky dark gritty uh sort of uh action shonen if you will uh and i didn't know this uh but this one's actually like sort of uh labeled as like explicit content and i was like what the fuck does that mean is there just gonna be like a ton of blood bro like randomly i like turned a page and then there was just a fucking titty i was like what the fuck oh, is this there is. <laughs> I, I was just sitting like in my car like during my break at work i was like i hope no one fucking like knocks on my window or whatever because like there's just a fucking titty hanging <laughs> out here reading, Travis? <laughs> oh no but yeah i was definitely like bro i didn't fucking know because of that i went back to the uh, front cover and i was like oh it is explicit content because like when you buy stuff from barnes and nobles and like it's manga and it's like explicit content they'll have it like wrapped but i guess this one wasn't fucking wrapped because i bought another manga which i might talk about in a future episode uh let me just pull up the fucking name uh it was uh fucking put them on me takagi mansan yeah yeah yeah. that shit sounds sus as fuck Uh, don't mind me (laughs) but you know that one was wrapped which is like very clear why it was wrapped but this one wasn't so i was like what the fuck is this this titty here but house paradise i so far so good obviously it's only volume one um, but I do like the setup of the plot. You know, there is a lot of action. There's a lot of uh, interesting characters here, uh, sort of like uh, gray areas because the main character is like a anti-hero. So I really do like that angle because I 
you know most of the shonen that i have been reading are is like very clear like you know like in eden zero like this fucking guy shiki this guy just just wants to be friends with everyone like he's like the power of friendship and then he like you know does some <laughs> cool shit and then you know with like tanjiro and uh deku you know like the, those are like clear good guys uh but with this one with uh garburu the hollow yeah you know really fucking edgy name you know he's <laughs> he's a uh anti-hero but you know he does have some sort of you know goals that he wants to achieve so uh moving on spy family okay or spy x family this shit is really fucking good so <laughs> i saw this in stock on amazon this month and i was like well shit you know i kind of want to read it so i bought it and it showed up two days later and i read it it was only the first five chapters this shit is really good uh so it's pretty much uh, it's about this guy who's like a really good spy right and like his next mission is to make a family so he's like, fuck, how do I, like, get a kid and how do I get a wife within, like, five days or whatever? Uh, so, like, he has to, you know, find a kid. So he goes to, like, a foster home and then he has to find a wife. So, you know, he has to, like, you know, talk to people and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's action. There's comedy. Uh, it's sort of like a thriller because it's, you know, like, espionage sort of stuff. Uh, and it's just really fucking cute and wholesome. I'm going to be honest. Like, whenever uh, there are, like... Uh, panels with like the uh the uh, kid character and like by the way like every single person that he recruits into his family is like special in a way so for yeah. example like the kid like she can read people's minds so like when the uh spy guy lloyd like when he's like thinking about like his mission and stuff bro she's looking at him like fucking petrified she's like he's a fucking spy but like he doesn't tell her that and he doesn't say that to like his uh his like wife quote-unquote either which like she's a fucking assassin too which i was like what the fuck um but you know like those are like slight spoilers but then again like if i don't tell you that like you know me saying this you know sort of like spy has to like get a family like like, that shit sounds boring but like when you know you, you have these other elements in there with like the kid being able to read minds and her character being like very funny and very cute like whenever i see her you know interact with these characters i'm just like man i fucking love this shit um it's very <laughs> hard to uh, come by with the manga like physically like volume two is like sold out everywhere fucking volume three sold out everywhere i saw volume four at barnes and nobles but i didn't buy it because i was just like shit i can't fucking read it so i might as well just wait to like buy the other ones but you know i'll wait for uh next month because i'm not supposed to buy anything this month i like made a challenge for myself uh but i did buy this one thing because i was like shit you know like if i don't buy it now i'm not sure when i'm gonna see volume one again because i really do want to read this and i'm glad i did because five family is really fucking good if you want a sort of like manga only series to really pick up and read and it's currently ongoing this one is not that bad to pick up because it is funny it has action it's a sort of spy thriller sort of angle too so very very good um Nagatoro manga, we already talked about that. Teasing Master, Teyaki-san. Uh, I, I just want to say the uh, the volume that I read, volume 10, it had a dog in it, and it was really fucking cute. That's all I really wanted to say. But yeah, Teyaki-san, I still fucking love it. But uh, yeah, so now, <clears throat> now I got all that shit out of the way. Let's talk about the whole Target fiasco with them suspending uh sales of uh pokemon training cards because this has been a topic of discussion uh for a while now i think we've talked about the talk about this at least once on the podcast maybe not like extensively with like the pokemon card thing that's been going on uh but me and damien have been following the whole pokemon card rise ever since like logan paul's videos and pay money yeah. pay money wubby's video so uh just to break this story down in general uh so target has decided to temporarily suspend sale of pokemon and sports cards in stores 
So pretty much what caused this to happen was that a fight broke out outside of one of their locations. Uh, it didn't involve a gun. So uh, I, I believe the stores surrounding that target had to like go on lockdown because of that. Uh, so the corporation is taking caution for their guests and team members to s- suspend the sales of these cards in store to make sure that, that this shit doesn't happen at other locations, which is a smart move and obviously a the correct business move. But obviously, like, you know, to those people that you know want to still or you know you couldn't even like walk into the target location and like buy the cards casually you you had to like go to like guest service because they would have it back there to make sure that people were buying like just one of like whatever uh series that they wanted so what caused this to happen was that people would like camp out or like wait in line and like sort of like hover around the uh, card section on fridays to wait for the vendor to show up so like obviously lining up crowding is not okay especially since we are still within a fucking covid timeline like covid is still a threat people so we shouldn't be you know making crowds and sort of doing this whole thing which is why the ps5 and xbox are still like online pickup only for like all of these retailers um so yeah, these will still be available online, and I believe the competitor Walmart will still be selling the cards in person. So, just to sort of, you know, uh, I guess break this story down bit by bit. Like, David, what do you think about, you know, the whole Target deciding to not just sell these in store anymore? So, like, it makes sense because people are like weird. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like, you no, know, if they're gonna like be fighting and stuff, and like they're camping outside for these Pokemon cards. It, it might be for the best now to just not, like, have them around if they're going to be causing that many issues, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like having to, like, pay attention so much just for these Pokemon cards, it doesn't seem really, like, you know, like, uh, what's the word for it? it like, worth feasible, I guess. Yeah, worth the hassle. There you go. It's not really worth the hassle to really put up with this. So just, like, maybe just selling it online or whatever would probably be, like, the best option at this point. Because, um, you know, you get crazy people like this. And, you know, like, having people, like, you know, cause violence for no reason just for Pokemon cards. And also, like, the the health safety, again, with the COVID stuff, with the, you know, people, are, like, lining up and stuff. That's also, like, not a good move as well. So it, it makes sense why they would be doing this. You know, it sucks for everyone else. Like, all the normal people that just want Pokemon cards, but now they have to just, like, not, you know, they can't really find them in the stores anymore because, like, crazy people like this, you know, it kind of just sucks for everyone. But it's kind of just, like, how this stuff kind of goes at this point you know you got a few bad apples kind of ruined it for everyone and that's kind of what's happening now yeah and i think them moving it to online is the only option right now because it obviously now sucks because now you have to go on target.com and you're competing with everyone in the united states for these cards now that's good um so like that sucks instead of like competing with like just the people within your local area um but then again you know like scalpers resellers like this shit is just terrible and it sucks and you know, I will always point this out that like ever since Logan Paul started making videos and he started getting interested in Pokemon cards, this stuff has been getting out of control, which honestly, when I saw him doing this stuff at first, you know, and like pay money Wubby's video, I thought that this would only affect the old school stuff, but it has actually affected the new school stuff, which is kind of weird. And I think it was also because there were Charizard cards within like the newer sets so people were trying to get you know the nice shiny holographic charizard card to you know sell online or whatever or have it for their own collection um so yeah i think that this definitely 
sucks and i think that target really you know they're just trying to play it safe they're just trying to make sure that their story doesn't end up on another news headline where like violence happens because of these goddamn cards you know and this has been a battle within the stores for the past couple of months you know having to limit the sales of these cards having to sort of lock these cards behind uh you know guest service or you know actually have to like put like security locks on like the big like pokemon boxes as well like you know, like it has been getting crazy. And I think that, you know, like eight, nine months ago, you know, you could walk into any Target location and just buy Pokemon cards casually because no one really wanted them that much. You know, they were mainly for Pokemon collectors, for kids even. And it sucks for the kids these days that want them because, you know, now they live in this world where everyone wants them because they can make a quick buck off of it, which, you know, it sucks. And it really is tragic with the whole like, reseller and you know collectors sort of aspect yeah like you know it kind of sucks when like there's people that generally really like you know the pokemon cards just to collect them you know because they have some really good artwork even as a kid like most of the time i would just get the pokemon cards because i just like looking at them you know they have mm-hmm. some really cool artwork really creative stuff on there and i know a lot of people like it just for that you know have binders full of them just just for collection purposes so it kind of sucks that that's kind of getting beaten out by the people that just want to sell them and just like looking to make a profit because i feel like there's better ways to do that than just collecting pokemon cards and hoping you get like a valuable card you know it's it's gambling you know what i mean like mm-hmm. It's fun gambling if you're just caring about collecting it, but it's kind of just bad if you're just looking for it as a profit. And I think, you know, like you said with the Logan Paul videos, you know, he's not like, oh, I got this like super rare card. Whoa. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I could get rich with Pokemon cards. Let's do it. And then, you know, yeah. Um, and, and just like you, um, I was I was surprised that the new cards were also selling out. Like, you know, I, I also thought this was only a thing for like the older sets, you know, people mm-hmm. that were just going on eBay, maybe buying like the ones for like 1998 or whatever, because those would seem more valuable, you know, to like collectors or just like people selling them and stuff. Uh, I, I wasn't really sure if it was going to work with the newer you know uh sets of cards but apparently it is and people are still going crazy about it um so yeah i mean uh whoever i think wizard of the coast makes the pokemon cards they're probably really happy about it <laughs> uh, they, <laughs> but, used um, they used oh, to they used to yeah okay. so i believe at a certain point the pokemon company sort of just like took over and just started doing it themselves but uh, okay. yeah uh wizards of the coast they make magic cards yeah make now, magic so. yeah Okay, I I I knew they made magic also, like that's like their main thing they made. I, but I knew they also made Pokemon cards, but I guess that was before then. But okay, mm-hmm. Pokemon Company, not like Pokemon Company needs more money. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. But yeah, it's it's definitely been like an issue. Like you know, I've seen some people that actually really do care about Pokemon cards. Like man, it kind of sucks that <laughs> that we just can't collect them because everyone just want to make a profit about it. So. Yeah, and I know that there are a handful of collectors that got back into the hobby because of everything that's yeah, going that's on, yeah. which is like a good thing. But then again, you know, now everyone's trying to get them, and I think that you know these these you know twenty t- mid twenties, thirty, forty year olds, you know, trying to resell them and make a quick buck. You know, I think that people that are sneakerheads really saw this within their you know sort of collecting sphere when people were like oh wait i could like flip this shoe for like triple quadruple however much i paid for it which you know you can do with pokemon cards and it kind of sucks that it has come to that and from the perspective of someone who is mainly a collector but has you know done some stuff in the past where i would resell funko pops or resell certain things within my collection which i think reselling stuff within your collection is different because i recently started doing it just because they're just you know certain amiibos certain collectibles that i just like 
don't see value within my collection anymore where I'm just like, well, I don't really want them anymore. So I just resell them and just, you know, make my money back and then some. Like that's like my main goal when it comes to like reselling my collectibles is to at least just get my money back. But when it came to me, you know, buying those Funko Pops, like I was definitely being a fucking scumbag. Uh, But then again, like I wasn't Mm -hmm. like camping out. I wasn't like going like fucking hardcore. Like I was literally just like, going to like malls you know casually and then like oh look i see like this exclusive let me look it up real quick oh it is selling for like a little bit more than like what i would pay for it here maybe i'll buy it and resell it but what i learned quickly when i was doing all this stuff was that like this shit's a fucking pain so i was just like i hate doing this shit so i just stopped doing that and also i just hate funko pops like no offense to anyone that collects them personally i just don't like funko pops they just look really bland and boring and there's so many of them um but yeah i think that you know, for like these, when it comes to like reselling versus collecting, like obviously, like there's like a very thin line there where like there's a certain amount where like it's okay to like, you know, buy an extra for like your friend or like to buy an extra to like, you know, potentially resell or, or like hold on to to like keep it sealed or whatever. Um, but then again, you know, when you have these people that are intentionally, you know, camping out, waiting in lines, going to Targets and other locations every single Friday to go and see the vendor. A vendor <laughs> to, <laughs> yep. to see the vendor and just you know buy these, these cards of just to like instantly flip them on ebay like that that sucks and you know um i just hate to see it you know with like anything uh especially with something that i used to collect you know back in the day when like pokemon cards during the black and white days were like very easy to get like 100 mm-hmm. like you could walk into any toys R Us, any GameStop, any target location and just you know buy whatever cards you wanted and you know have no problem about it nowadays the shelves are bare now you can't even find them in the stores anymore because target has suspended the sales of them but hey, Walmart is still going to, you know, keep selling them in person. So if you still want that in-person buying experience, Walmart is definitely your place to go. But now everyone's going to be going to Walmart. And I'm sure within maybe by next episode, we will get another news story about some violence, some assault. Someone might even pull a gun again about, you know, these goddamn Pokemon cards because people are serious about their cash. And like, I don't, or like, I'm not going to necessarily sort of like, uh, I mean, I will blame like people who are like, physically assaulting them but you know the person who pulled the gun to like sort of like defend themselves is like another thing uh which is like a whole other like sort of political issue that i won't really get into but you know like i think that uh people you know they'll do what they want within this goddamn capitalist sort of society and you know pokemon cards (laughs) pokemon cards is just like the sort of uh biggest thing right now that people are looking to buy and resell uh and you know sneakers are are still up there along with other you know valuable high-end items and pokemon cards are just a, a part of it which is like very strange because i don't think anyone in their goddamn minds especially within you know the past five years would think that like pokemon cards would you know have a second boom if you will Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to go more with the reselling stuff, like, I, I, I've i never resell things. You know, I've never really been in that thing. Every, every like, collectible thing I would buy, I just kind of keep forever because mm-hmm. um, it's too much of a pain in the ass to, like, resell. That's kind of yes, the point, right? Yes, it is. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's a pain in the ass. So, like, these people that are just buying all these sets just to resell them, like, is it worth it? Like, I feel like you're not even making that much of a profit unless it's, like, a, like a really valuable thing, which is, like, pretty, you know, obviously that's the hard part to get with when you're buying, like, a set of cards. I right? think like, you obviously are not going to get, like, those really rare cards so it kind of just feels like you're wasting your time anyway um 
So I don't know. I just feel like this is something you should do just as a collector. You know, if you have passion for it, collect the Pokemon cards. And then, you know, if you don't get the card you want, you would just like either trade them or like sell them at that point. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like having all this happen more just to make profit and people are killing each other just seems like just weird <laughs> i'm like I just, <laughs> again i keep saying this i think there's better ways to make money like yes. honestly i would be less mad if you're like if you like sold drugs at this point like, I'm, like, just, shit. Like, <laughs> I'm just like why why with the pokemon cards you know yeah this shit is uh it's like this is definitely the tipping point i think for most people like i think i feel like that this is the climax and it might die down i don't know when target's gonna you know unsuspend these i feel like that they'll only unsuspend it when it's actually fully died down which we don't know when that is because you know i know that there are some people that go to target location and they're like where are the pokemon cards and you know they're like oh like they don't know about the whole logan paul thing and why everything's been spiking up and now there's like a bunch of resellers and a bunch of people trying to you know pretty much just flip these items and i feel bad for the collectors because you know before logan paul sort of stepped in and and made his videos and everyone else sort of you know jumped on the hype train you know you could go into like i said any any of these goddamn locations and just buy pokemon cards if you wanted and these shelves would be plenty full of packs uh booster box or maybe not booster box, but you know the boxes the sets the tins etc now it's like slim pickings like it is crazy so um, I'm not sure when this is going to end, but you know, if there are any other developing stories, we will definitely cover it. But I think that, you know, especially with COVID going on, you know, people lining up for cards is a little ridiculous. And especially when they're like so old, you know, like it's like, bro, like it's very clear that you're not collecting these unless it's like sports cards. I know that there's a lot of older people that collect sports cards, which is like yeah. another story. But when it comes to like Pokemon cards, like if you're like in your 30s and 40s, like that was definitely past your time, bro, like 100%. Um, but, you know, people are into weird and interesting things. So maybe they're actually collectors. But uh, for the most part, most of these people that are lining up and sort of trying to buy these things in bulk are 100% trying to sell them. Yeah. And like, it, it, yeah, like you said, it's like very obvious <laughs> when you can tell <laughs> try to just make a quick buck out of them and stuff. So um, I don't know if they're going to like. I feel like you can't even increase the output of the cards because then it like devalues everything, right? Like there's like a certain economy. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like just like with the PS5 stuff, like I feel like the demand is so high now because you have resellers, but also the original collectors that were there to begin with, and then new people that are getting back into collecting just to collect as well because of logan paul's stuff so like that's like the slight positive is that like you know some some people are are actually getting back into collecting me personally like obviously i have not i've not tried to get back into collecting despite me like i probably do have means of getting the cards if i wanted to but i just don't see myself getting back into that rabbit hole of spending hundreds of dollars on cards because that's just not my passion anymore but hey you know some people are you know rewatching or now watching the newer pokey tubers and sort of just like watching them open packs and you know they're like hey you know like they want that excitement themselves and they want to open packs you know see which cards they could get you know learn about these new pokemon and you know they still like pokemon like that but you know me me personally you know it's it's been a long time since i've gotten into the pokemon card stuff and you know there's a reason why i sort of phased out of it and 100 percent, this stuff that's been going on is is another reason to sort of stay out of this whole pokemon thing but yeah it definitely it definitely sucks because you know the the demand is just so high because of just so many people wanting to buy it but 
I don't know if they're going to increase their output or if, you know, anything's going to happen now, if they're going to do it all online only, which I think that that would be really bad because you can have people with bots and even more scalpers on their eyes on it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a hard situation to, like, balance it out. Like, I think the only thing to do is just to wait it out and just, like, wait for the, like, the the hype to end you know which it probably mm-hmm. will soon like I don't, I don't expect this to like obviously keep being like a hot selling thing like it's probably is gonna like drop at some point mm-hmm. um but yeah i think that's the only way like if you're into collecting the pokemon cards i, I think the only way is to wait it out at this point and just like hope you can get your hands some of the newer sets but at this point it's just like yeah you just gotta wait it out for these people to get out of the scene <laughs> Yeah, and, like, if you're trying to, like, collect the current sets, like, best of luck to you because, like, it is definitely very, very hard to get a hold of even, like, a single pack because, you know, people are just, they're literally buying everything, so. Yep, and I I mean, I actually went to my, like, like you know, I was cleaning out my room yesterday. I'm like, oh, yeah, let go. I see my old Pokemon cards. You know, I look at them. I'm like, yeah, those were cool. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you can't get anymore. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely something I can see like people are like. Again, I think all the artwork is super cool. Um, yeah, I've never really been into it that much, but yeah like this new hype phase of it does make me think like i could buy a pack or two at some point yeah Mm -hmm. at some point in the future you know if i see them on the shelf where like it's not going out of stock or out of fashion if you will you know maybe i'll buy a pack or whatever but you know it's not it's not something that i'm sort of dying for which you know like i said best of best of luck to these actual collectors because it 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 must be rough (laughs) yeah it's it's actually like crazy (laughs) yeah because I know for a fact, like, if you don't go out and try to look for them today on Fridays, you're pretty much not going to find them tomorrow or, you know, whatever, because everyone's buying them. It's like, it is, it is getting ridiculous. And, you know, with Walmart still selling them and Target not selling them anymore, uh, Walmart's definitely going to be the hot spot and something's going to happen 100%, I feel like. Yeah. So, yeah, that's but, best of luck to the Walmart employees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best of luck to them, best of luck to, to the collectors. But is there anything else you'd like to add? Good stuff. Um, no, I think that's everything. All right. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Travis and David podcast. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode. Later.